the Surviving Outside Sales Podcast, hosted by Mike O'Kelly, presented by Rhythm AI. The goal is to get in, dominate, then get out. Surviving Outside Sales, on with the show. Welcome to the Surviving Outside Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike O'Kelly, and very excited with today's guest, Jennifer Jones, a, a also somebody who's escaped the outside sales world. And we're going to talk about that today because even though it's the beginning of 2023, you need to have a plan. If you haven't planned for an escape yet, you have to plan for your future, especially with all these layoffs that are happening. So Jennifer, please introduce yourself to the audience. You can go back as far as you like, let them know who you are and we'll take it from there. Thanks for the opportunity to speak here, Mike. I'm excited to talk with you. My name is Jennifer Jones. I live in St. Louis, Missouri. I was an IT recruiter for two years right out of college and then went into pharmaceutical sales, spent two decades in pharmaceutical sales, won all the awards, went on all the trips. I got all the trophies in my basement. And at some point after I had my first daughter, second daughter, third daughter, and fourth daughter, I thought to myself, I can't keep doing this every day. I was looking for more autonomy. I was looking for a lot more money. (laughs) But everyone that says pharma is so sexy, it's so lucrative, right? It's such a great gig. It provides you flexibility. And I was like, I'm not drinking this Kool-Aid anymore. But here's what I didn't know. I didn't know there was other options out there that could pay me a lot more, give me the autonomy, the ability to work from anywhere. So one day, out of the cosmos, onto my lap, dropped an opportunity, 1099, work when you want, put it on top of your W-2. I've been at Purdue Pharma, that same company for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And my entire life was hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait, rush to the lunch, wait. I knew I had time in my day for something more. And the minute I said yes to that, my entire life changed. Yes. The hurry up and wait. I think back to the, the medical sales and the pharma days, and it's just this It's constant. Like the minute you get in your car, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. Now that can be a lot in sales. But one thing you did mention was just, you know, oh, they said, oh, it's so sexy. The money people, I'll tell you this people in the pharmaceutical and the medical world, they think that they are just the top of the line because that's what the industry kind of does. I'd say it blows smoke a little bit. They have no, they have no idea that when I talk to business owners, Mm -hmm. I talk to concrete companies, I talk to HVAC companies. Like, so I'll tell you this, there was an HVAC company and it's a fairly large company, you know, $40 million company. The guy who is in the same level of sales as like a pharmaceutical rep mm-hmm. making like three fifty a year. Yeah. 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 And yet he's got dirt on his, under his fingernails and mm-hmm. he's got jeans that have mud on the knees. Cause he had to, you know, look at systems. It's not as glamorous, but you know, we kind of mentioned before the call that my dad was in pharma. Mm-hmm. And the salaries really haven't increased. No. The compensation has not increased, yet no. the cost of the products have 10 x Yes. And so, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, the, the reps think they're making all the money, but where's the money really going? And so- You're um, so disposable. That's yeah. what I think really pulls at my heartstrings. So I got out about four and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to device reps, lab, diagnostic, pharma every single day. And they have been laid off two, three, four times in the short amount of time that we've known each other, just a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And so at some point, I'm like, aren't you sick of it? 
Like you're gonna spend all your time getting your freaking brag book together again to do this all <laughs> over again. Like at some point, you've got to stop and think, I'm too good for this. Like I went to school for years. Like I have more to bring to the table than simply working for a manager and driving around in my car all day and begging doctors to see me or begging to get into a 5 a.m. case. You know, there's so much more out there, but people are just afraid to open their minds to something else. That's what I see as an epidemic. <laughs> well, it, it is. And I started my sales career at an Enterprise and I was there for four years. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. If you know people at Enterprise, well, you're in St. Louis. Hard so. workers. Yeah. yeah. And if you, in Enterprises, there's a phrase called bleed green. And you don't think there's another job out there except for working for Enterprise. And then, you leave and you're just like, oh my God, wait, I don't have to work on Saturdays. Yeah. I don't have to get there at 7 a.m. And I don't, I'm not washing cars until 6.30 at night. Okay. Wait, I can go have happy hours with my friends. Right. I can meet somebody for lunch. Wait, what? And oh, I, I wait, what, you're telling me that I, some days and like on a Friday I'm off. This right. is unbelievable. It just blew my mind. And right. what you're saying, it's the same thing. You get into the pharma medical space and it's very tunnel vision, it's very insular. Yes. It's very, the people just trying to find that next role within the industry. And this is the thing that happened to me. I had several companies. I've always worked for small companies. I've never worked for big pharma, but I've always worked for small companies. And the problem with small companies, they get sold because the owners are privately held and they want to cash out. They've yeah. got some products. They've built it up. And I didn't know that. That was You built it up. You built yeah. it up. <laughs> the, the reps. That's right. The reps built it, build it up. And all yeah. of a sudden the owners want to cash out. Right. And so a purchase happened se uh, uh, several times and it happened back to back to back. Like there was a job that I started and I was just trying. And I'll come back to what you said earlier. I want to touch on the leapfrogging because. I lost the first job and I, okay. and I, I tried frantically just to find anything. And I went into pain management, which I hated, but I needed a job. Yeah. I'm in training Impressive. and I find out that company is for sale. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where the problem is if you don't have a plan, if you don't prepare, if you're not looking for anything outside, the minute something bad happens, you're just in survival mode. 100%. And let's say you're in dermatology and we talked before, we both have extensive yeah. dermatology backgrounds and Love we look dermatology. Yeah. Well, if you're not prepared and you lose your derm position, what if there's an OBGYN position mm -hmm. and that's the only thing you can find? Right. That's what a lot of reps or do. primary care. Oh gosh. Yeah. Primary what if care. there's a primary care position? And then what happens is they go all in on that position. And then nine months down the road, the company's like, well, we got too many reps. Let's cut a couple. And then you're looking for another role. Just like you said, since you've known some of these people four or five years, they've had multiple positions. And it's just, it's the industry now. That's what the industry has become. It's a crapshoot. And right after the pandemic kind of was hitting hard, this is fall of 2020, several friends of mine worked for a dermatology company that unfortunately did go out of business. They just ran out of money. They made some bets that went wrong. But before they did that, they cut half the sales team. And how they decided was the top half of the earners. Of course. Wasn't the bottom performers? They got rid of all the salaries and all of the all of the, the top people. Money. Exactly. And so, but the problem is when you're president's club and when you're top five, you're thinking they're never going to get rid of me. Mm -hmm. I'm the one bringing in all the money. Mm -hmm. Well, you're also the one costing them. That's how they view you at the home office. Sometimes right. is the biggest expenditure. 
And it's funny because I have a couple friends right now that are top at their companies and they tell me all the time. They're like, the corporate office views me as an expenditure, not as an asset. They don't understand what I'm doing out there for the brand. And I feel for, I feel for those reps because it's just a tough position to be in. And it's definitely the golden handcuffs, the golden. Mike, I was one of the lucky ones that got laid off two weeks before president's club that I earned, you know? So I think I'm going to Hawaii. Oh no, they're coming to take my car. So whenever they tell you you're safe, you're in the top 10%, you've survived other mergers, acquisitions. Now you have a bigger target on your back. And you told me I could talk freely. And I know gaslighting is an overused word of 2022. You know, yes, I think it was the it was the word of the year. Yes. So much gaslighting that goes on in device and pharma because. It's like, you should be so lucky. You're so lucky to have this job. You're so lucky to have this salary. This is the stuff they tell you that they fill your mind. This is the best job out there. We're the best company there is. We're the strongest, fastest. To instill this type of confidence in your head that you're going to be able to stick around for a couple of years and that this is really good money. But you guys, if you just open your mind to more, you're going to be pissed at all the time you wasted doing the do right now. And I'll tell you that when the last full-time position I had, when that was over and I started doing everything that was my own, sales technology company, and then a year later, podcast, consulting. When I started doing that, it was amazing at how there is so much opportunity out there. In fact, there was so much opportunity that it was hard for me to decide which direction I was going to go. Mm-hmm. I literally was sitting there like, oh my gosh, I've got all of these different opportunities. And when I mean opportunities, if you're listening right now, there were a lot of 1099s. There was a lot of business development. There was a lot of affiliate programs. There was a lot of ways and avenues for me to make money. It was one of those things where I had to figure out the synergy and I hate that word, but everybody knows what that word means. Sure. The synergy of what I'm doing on a daily basis. Does product A work with product B with product C or company A work with product? Everything has to be in a lines. Sure. And so what happened was I went from in 2020, not really understanding what my future was going to be sure. to you fast forward. Everything that I do now is about optimization. Yep. It's about teaching optimization and about how people, you know, optimization comes in any way, shape or forms. But as we mentioned before, and if you listen to my podcast, I, my wife and I bought two health and wellness franchises. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that is optimizing the body right. and the body and the mind go together, body professional. So it's, again, it's synergistically going with what I'm passionate about, which is optimization. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you kind of have to get out of that to realize, because if not, you're just focusing on how do I hit quota? How do I keep my KPIs? How Which do are I... all BS anyway. Exactly. I know. And, well, and, you know, and I would encourage people who are, you, maybe you're listening to this podcast right now and you're thinking, man, like what they're saying makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, find something that you enjoy, you're passionate about. You mentioned health and wellness, you know, your other businesses. I know you have multiple, like find a mentor in that space, you know, doing something you do anyway, something you're interested in any way, because this is going to give you insurance, not because you want to quit your company. You might be number one going to Australia for two weeks on president's club, whatever, but eventually your company is going to quit you. Nobody lasts that long at the same company anymore. It's just not the way it is anymore. And if you find one of those dinosaurs, everyone just like stops and stares because it just doesn't happen because they're too expensive for the company to keep. 
it's easier to go find a little bitch, bitch you know, for who's 25 years old, who's going to be happy with 50,000, 60,000 a year, you know? So the, your time, the time is ticking for you. So start finding something now. <laughs> that really happened to my dad. My dad was in pharma for 30 years and he was a uh, top performer and he had a very large territory in the state of Virginia. And they let him go. He was 60, 60 or 61. And they let him go. And I said, well, what are they going to do with your territory? And he said, they're going to split my territory and they're going to give it to young kids and pay them combined would have been half of the salary combined that they would have paid my dad. So getting two reps, again, two bodies in the field. That's how these, that's how the companies view you as a body in the field, your name on a sheet. And yes. look, if you're listening right now and you're in sales leadership and you're like, oh, that's not how we do it. Yes. It is. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, I don't think sales leadership is listening to this podcast really <laughs> because they, they have bigger fish to fry and they're honestly, they're just, they're just trying to keep their job. Sure. Basically. They are protectionists and they're just trying to keep their job. In fact, I, you know, with our sales technology, when we first launched, we were so gung ho in the fall of 2020. And I remember talking to a lot of my network, my network within the industry and it was some 50 some year old guys. And they're just like, look, I'm not putting my neck out because yeah. if this is wrong, there's not a lot of director positions to apply to. Oh, so, and that's when I was like, huh, I, I kind of knew it, but I had to have it verbalized to me. And look, just so you're listening right now, we are not bashing companies. No. Okay? What we're saying is the company, as well as they might call you a family, the the companies are going to be in the self-interest of the survival of the company. Right. And so if that means they have to cut off a leg to survive, that leg is going to be 25% of the sales team. They'll yes. do that. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, very rarely do you see a CEO step down to keep 25 sales reps. And, and to your point, definitely not bashing companies. I'm just trying to get you to protect yourself. Yeah. Uh, every single day, people call me every day. Most of the time in tears, woulda, shoulda, coulda, shoulda started then, shoulda started looking when you told me two years ago. Like, I hate having those conversations because they're unnecessary. They're mm -hmm. absolutely unnecessary. So if you're employed right now, it is the best time yes. to find something else because you don't wake up with that adrenaline coursing through your veins of like, I have to eat what I kill today. You know, you already got something set up. So start now. And yep. if you are unemployed right now, don't come tell me, oh, I can't do this right now because I'm too busy finding a job. Like, give yeah. me a break. A lot <laughs> of these 1099 positions can start yeah. paying you today. I know. Well, you sit and look for a job for the next six months, you could have maxed out, capped out that salary. Like, and that's the other thing I want to talk about is you and I talked a little bit before. These salaries at corporations are capped. They might give you some sexy verbiage to make you think that what you're doing really matters. And it does within $10,000, sway. Yeah. But no, you're not able to buy a yacht with what you're making at your device company, are you? Your income is capped. So remind, like when they tell you that, start thinking, hmm, doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. And so let me pause real quick. So yeah. if you're listening right now, because some people are new, some people are trying to get into sales. If you, the word 1099 is yeah. you're an independent rep and a 1099 yeah. basically means you're not a, you're not an actual member of that company, right. but what you're doing is you've been given permission by that company to represent their products in exchange for money coming out later 
Uh, either in a sale or an agreement. Like I've, Mm -hmm. I signed a ton of 1099 agreements with companies to do consulting work. And so in that contract, it basically says there 1099 is a beginning and an end. Whereas Mm -hmm. when you sign a contract with a W2 position, Mm -hmm. technically there is an end, but in in all purpose, basically you're working in perpetuity till they fire you, you quit or you resign, something like that. But a 1099 has a beginning and an end. It's a contract for terms for work, a scope for work. There's no guarantees. Usually a lot of it's on the back end. And so when you hear the phrase 1099, a lot of it are things such as affiliate programs, something on the side, consulting consulting, work, selling a product that represents another person. And so it's a, it's another way to make money. And it's also untaxed. You are responsible for (laughs) later, but the good news is if you're doing any 1099 work and here's what they won't tell you, Okay. When you're doing 1099 work, you can now begin to write off so many business expenses to the point where it's such a huge tax benefit to have a 1099 while you have a W-2. Now, I am not saying that you need to be selling a product during business hours where another company is paying you. However, there's a lot of hours in the day. There are weekends. And with social media, there is no reason why... Uh, somebody out there who's got a W-2, instead of posting those cute photos of your family on the weekend, you can you can get some affiliate programs. You can be selling other people's products just by posting on your social media and getting paid for it. That's what Jennifer was talking about. Yes. It is finding out a way while you don't have the stress of searching for a job mm-hmm. to come up with a plan, a strategy for mm-hmm. if it happens what is your next step? And it's planned. It's calculated. It's not chaos. It's not, oh my gosh, I just got laid off a week before Christmas. And now I've got to talk to my entire extended family. How's the job going? And I'm like, well, I just got laid off. And then it's an hour conversation. You're stressed. Your family doesn't know how they're going to pay their bills. Prepare, prepare, prepare. You just need, you guys, it's called monetizing the moments. Mike, I love how you pointed out. I'm not asking you to double dip during the nine to five. Yes, no, don't do that. I'm, that is, I believe that's fraud, just so you know. Right. Okay. I'm telling you to take Wordle off your phone and Candy yes. Crush off your phone. And when you are inclined <laughs> to play those games while your kids are in bed or while you're waiting, that's when you're going to monetize the moment. That's when you're going to do this. I work non-traditional hours. It's 1240 on a Monday right now. You know, most of you guys are going into offices or, you know, doing the thing. I'm like, I can work at noon or I can work at midnight. It doesn't matter. It's all the same things. When you're talking 1099, I do want to bring up a lot of people are afraid of a 1099, Mike, because there's typically no medical benefits provided. Yeah, that's right. And there's no Ford Taurus company car. (laughs) Yeah. Don't let that dissuade you from dipping your toe in the pond of a 1099, especially if you have the W-2 right now to cover your medical benefits, because you can get that 1099. You can build that to a point of becoming an S-corp. You can then hire employees, provide them medical benefits, 401k, all of those things. So I really want to squash those limiting beliefs that I can kind of feel coming out from you guys. You're like, well, I have to provide benefits for my family. Great. Yes. Do it right now with the W-2. But let's vision cast a little bit how you can truly become an entrepreneur in this space, all because you started a side gig that you work after dinner. You know? Dirty little secret. Okay. 
when executives get together every quarter, the first thing they start to do is they start to look at the numbers, okay? They start to look at the numbers, and this is not for you, Jennifer, you know this, this is for the audience. They start to look at the numbers, okay? And they're not simply looking at who grew and who did that. They definitely do. But what they do is they look at revenue versus projection. What did they tell the CEO? What did that VP of sales, that director of sales, what did they tell the CEO the the, the revenue was going to be, okay? And then once they've done that, they then look at expenses because the thing about, and I didn't know this when I was just a rep, I didn't know this until I started interviewing executives to try to sell sales technology to them. But just to my network started expanding and I started kind of getting in the room where the decisions are happening. And all of a sudden they go through everything. They go through profit and they start looking there and they're like, how much did this quarter or how much did this district cost us? And how much commission did we pay? How much commission did we pay in this quarter, in this district? How many? So they would literally have on the screen how much each district was paid out in commission. And they'd look at the district managers. So it's not just the reps that they're evaluating. Mind you, at no point have they talked about performance reviews. Those are smoke screens. Just so you know, when you get a performance review and you get a four out of five star or Jennifer, I hated this. They said, well, Mike, I can't give you a perfect score, even though you probably deserve it because you have to have something to work on. And I'm like, that's maybe exceeds expectations, but you can try for it next year. I know. And they said, well, we can't give exceed expectations because (laughs) you have to have something to work towards. So, you know, you go through that usually in January and then they submit that (laughs) and you think, oh, that's how I'm going to get my 3% raise, which by the way, your 3% raise, if you did not get a raise of 7% this year, you're making less money. Yeah. Side note, I have a wife who has a W2, works for a major company. And if you've listened to the podcast before, I have refrained from, from mentioning her company anymore. But she works for a major, major, major company in the financial world. Everybody's heard of them. And she is basically like talking about what employees are talking behind closed doors. And what I'd love to do is build up all of my businesses to the point where I'm like, honey, just come work for me. Exactly. And I I want to retire my wife from that because that's stress and she doesn't deserve it. And- I won't get off on a tangent, Jennifer, but you know, she missed several promotions because she was having children. But that's that's a that's a topic for that's another. our next discussion. That's next the next one. one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so the point is when they when when the executives are in the room, they're focusing on did the revenue come in where I can go to my boss? Because everybody's got a boss. Can I go to my boss, even the CEO? The CEO might have gotten money from a venture capital firm. Yeah. Somebody has to answer to somebody every time. Yeah, the shareholders, and, of course. And so yeah. everything could be going great. You could be humming along in your business and you're growing at a 25, 50% clip and you're crushing it, okay? Year over year over year, quarter after quarter after quarter, you're, you're doing it. Guess what? You're not safe. And I'm not trying to, like Jennifer said, we're not trying to freak you out. What no. we're trying to do is give you a dose of reality from two people who have left the matrix. And we are left now- the institution. Yes, <laughs> we we now we now are seeing things clear because right. we don't have that pressure of jumping from lily pad to lily pad. We don't yes. we don't have that anxiety in the pit of our stomachs. You know, we wake up every day and we attack the day and it's our day. We created yes. it. 
Right. It's not being dictated by somebody. And so we're just trying to give you the information so that right now, if you're listening to this and you have a W-2, mm-hmm. I highly recommend that you reach out to both of us. Yes. And you just have a conversation about sure. what are my options? Now, Jennifer, I told you before, I have a program. If you've listened to this, to this podcast, I have a program, Sales Escape Plan. And I do a free strategy call. And basically that strategy call is just you know, what are you interested in? What are you passionate about? Have you thought about doing X, Y, and Z? I'll tell you a quick story and then I'll let you answer that. I, I was talking with a gentleman I met through a networking group and he was in Florida. He worked for, he was a unicorn. He worked for a medical device company for 25 straight years and they just had massive layoffs and he was a regional sales manager. He had 10 reps underneath him and he had no idea what he was going to do. And I, the first question I asked him was, what, what are you passionate about? And he said, coaching. And I said, any type of coaching? And he said, I actually like doing youth sports coaching. And I was like, okay. I was like, do you realize that there are several franchises that you can you can purchase and you can be a sports youth, youth coach? And he was like, really? I pulled up the website. We we're on a Zoom. I pulled up the website, shared my screen, and I showed like seven or eight different options. And I said, now, do you, do you have a particular sport? He goes, I love baseball. And I said, well, have you ever thought about opening up indoor baseball facility? And he goes, I've always thought about it, but I never knew where to start. I right. said, well, it's really easy. Just find some commercial space, find a partner to go in with you to kind of split the costs. Somebody, you know, find some ex-baseball players. They're everywhere. I was an ex-baseball player. They're a dime a dozen. And find out if you can just get little leagues to come in and practice at your facility. It is so easy. But I think there's just this stigma around change and you know, like, well, how do I do it if somebody doesn't go along with me? Well, that's what right. Jen, that's what Jennifer's here for, and that's what I'm here for. So I'd, I'd it's like so to much you- just leveraging your network. I mean, what yeah. you just said there was simply leveraging your network. And if your network doesn't yield anything, then let's get you a new network, and we can help with that too. Yep. I mean, I believe your network is your net worth. And I was literally having a discussion with this. Four sold today in pharma, making 150000 a year. And she's like, well, I really want to do these 1099s with you, but I don't know. I don't think anyone I know will buy it. And I don't want to, you know, family and friends, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, who is feeding you this poisonous information that you can't actually leverage a network of people, of colleagues, you know, that you know. I use LinkedIn a lot. That's how we met, Mike. Mm-hmm. You guys, I'm also a LinkedIn coach on the side, because I find that LinkedIn is the easiest way to sit at the virtual wine bar or coffee shop in with thousands of people that want the same thing that you do. Mm-hmm. And together you guys can help level each other up, you know? Exactly. So this isn't like this whole profound, we're not splitting atoms here. There's people that can help you get exactly where you want to be and would and want to, like you. <laughs> You yeah. just have to find them and they're everywhere. And Mike's one of them. So am I. Surviving Outside Sales podcast is brought to you by Rhythm AI. If you are in outside sales, check out RhythmAI.com. That's R-I-T-H-M-A-I.com. The sales enablement tool that will help outside sales teams build their best sales days every day. Rhythm. Prospecting, targeting, and routing simplified. Everything an outside sales team needs, nothing it doesn't. Try for $1 for the first month today. That's rhythmai.com. Now back to the show. 
If you're listening right now, what you don't understand is if you've got 10, 15 years in, you have such an incredible skill set that you don't, you don't tap into because you're doing the same thing. If you're just, you know, and from our background, which was medical, you know, pharmaceutical medical sales, if you're, if you're just used to going into doctor's offices and talking to people, well, you've been doing that for 10, 15 years. You don't realize what kind of skill you have developed. Where you can physically every day walk into 10 to 12 businesses and get your way to the decision maker. Now, sometimes it's easy. Sometimes like, oh, yeah, come on back. But you had to work for that. And then the ability to when you get back there, find a problem, find a solution, bring your product as that solution, and then pull it through time and time and time again, year after year after year after year. That's what business owners do. So it's just shifting the mindset of saying, instead of me physically getting into my car and driving around, because I told you beforehand, and I've told my audience, Jennifer, I'm a shot fighter. I will never be in outside sales ever again. I just can't do it. And the reason why is because I've also gotten a taste of how I can multiply my efforts because of technology, because of because of the social media aspect, the fact that I can replicate my efforts into digital assets where people can still get my advice. They can still get, you know, social posts, et cetera, videos, this podcast. There are things that I can create and I can multiply myself and put myself in multiple spots where people could be consuming my content and I can be sitting on a beach somewhere, which I'm not because I'm a workaholic and we got two little ones, which, you know, we try to get away once or twice a year. But my point is, but you sure. could record this from the beach, Mike. Come on. I could have. I could have. And you know what? I've thought about it. I actually did do last summer or last May, we went to the beach for a week and I did record some episodes there. So, which is a lot of fun. But my point is, and I think you'll agree with this, Jennifer, is that there's just different ways to build a career than what we were taught growing up. I'm in my 40s. It was put your head down, work for a company. Do the best you can, ask a lot of questions, grow, 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 and then it'll just happen. What I've told people is once you get the knowledge, it's up to you to search out as many opportunities as possible and then take massive action. And when you take massive action, some things are going to work out, some things aren't. Right. But the theme of this is don't wait until you don't have the safety net to take that action. Start today. And the other thing I think is becoming something kind of toxic in our culture is people are so afraid of this entrepreneurial mindset. And I'll give you an example. So I talk to people every day that are like, because they don't have a target list, Mike, this is going to really upset you. This is very triggering because they don't have a target list. They don't think they can succeed. And I was like, where is the entrepreneur in you that wants to cold call that wants to do B2B without like a spreadsheet of zip codes that you can go to like that to me, it's a sickness, but you mentioned you have two little kids. I have four little girls, 12, not 12, 12, 10, eight, six. I am raising entrepreneurs. I don't want them to have to sit there and be at the mercy of a boss or have to say the right thing in an interview or have to show a brag book that's full of BS one day. You know, I want them to be business owners and employing other people, helping other people reach their goals, hit their dreams. So if we can start with our kids and say, kids, society is going to try to push you into these roles where you have to work nine to five, or let's be honest, like eight to eight. 
five days a week. And then you're so lucky to have weekends off because we're not in a third world. Like, I'm like, no, this is, no, we are better than that. So you guys, if you're listening, change your mindset, push that down to your kids, but it starts with you walking the walk. Mm. You know, dad's been in the medical device, you know, for 10 years, kids, but look, dad's going to spend an hour or two on the weekends doing something else so that I can provide for us in a different way. Mom's been doing this for 10 years. That doesn't mean mom has to do it forever. Mom can try something else, take a little bit of time away from the family to then create a better future for everybody. And I like to say, I'm building a future for my descendants. Yeah. (laughs) So it's not just the four I have. I have two, I have two daughters as well, three and one. And I talk with my wife and I said, you know what? Everybody keeps joking. Like, oh, you've got to, you know, what what are you going to do for college? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, college, Mm -hmm. my daughters are going to be business owners when they're 18. I'm going to, I'm going to have them work when, you know, at the businesses that I run, I'm going to have them work. And then the money that they earn there, they can then use that money to open their own businesses. Or if they'd like to go to college, they'll have the money to go to college. I think there is a value to college. And I think the value in in 18 years is going to be networking. I think it is going to be building a network, learning how to be thrown into a pot with with three to 10,000 other people in a similar situation Uh and be comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's really what it is. When you're a freshman, you go to a dorm, everybody's <laughs> just chicken with their head cut off. Right. Gosh, we have freedom. I can stay up and play video games till blah, blah. I mean, I remember it was like, <laughs> wait a minute, why are we going back to the dorm? We're in college now. Like we don't have, a, there's no curfews, et cetera. That, there is value to that. But when it comes to getting a paper so you can go have a W-2, unless my my daughters want to be a doctor, a lawyer. Right. Where you have to, yeah, certification. Have to. But if they just want to be business owners, if they want to do, you know, whatever, if they want to do, you know, open a business or something, I will teach them how to do that. And then they can do that when they're 18 or they can go to college. And here's the best part. They can go to college, have a business and sell to all their friends and make a ridiculous amount of money while they're on campus and then have fun while they're doing that. You really got me, Mike, with the business that they build by the time they're 18 is going to fund college. Yeah. They decide to go because I just ran the numbers. So to send my four girls yeah. to University of Missouri, where I went, half a million dollars yep. out of my pocket to send them to a state school that's two hours away where yep. I went. I don't care where they go. But the same, I'm like, I'm not pushing them into that either. I want them to be business owners, entrepreneurs, and then provide opportunity for others. I've already said it, but I can't say enough. This isn't like a solo thing. I don't get where I am because I haven't helped hundreds of thousands of people or tens of thousands of people get money, financial freedom on their terms, right? Mm -hmm. This doesn't happen just because Mike's doing something solo. It's because you're helping others as an entrepreneur. And that's the trickle down and the feel goods of it. Yeah. Don't let, don't let your corporate boss lie to even tell you something different. (laughs) Exactly. And, and, you know, before our daughters go out and change the world because they will, it's just, it's understanding. and, And that's one of the things I do on the podcast. I try to tell people is I haven't been perfect with everything I've done as an entrepreneur. You're going to have failures, but the problem, but the, the, the way to grow is to not fail the same way twice. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to have failures, but it is, it is about taking massive action. And it is interesting because I talked to a gentleman, I think right before Christmas, he had lost his job and reached out to me. And luckily he's gotten a lot of opportunities, but I kind of asked him and I said, well, what are you going to do? And he's like, I have no idea. I feel like I'm back at square one. 
This Eric. guy's 38, 39 years old, and he feels like he's back at square one. Right. And just just know that coming from two people who have escaped yes. outside sales, <laughs> there is opportunity galore. Whether you want to, you know, whether you want to sell technology, you want to be an affiliate, you want to promote products on online, whether you want to come work for Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Come work <laughs> Which, with me. I got a couple different work with you. Yes. And that's so, the thing too, the multiple streams of income, Mike, I just got to say it real quick and then we can wrap up. But you know, you talked before you and I talked before you have multiple businesses, Mike. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have multiple businesses, multiple streams of income. I, for the first 20 years of my corporate career relied on one income from pharma. Mm-hmm. What I should have been doing was taking some of that income, investing in real estate, you know, investing in other 1099s, investing in other businesses. So now I'm smart enough to know that you need seven streams of income. So when you guys, when we're telling you to add something on, when we're telling you to put something in the pockets of your day, it's only to protect you, but then it's also to grow, not one, not two, not three. I mean, this could become something for you that will literally change your life, your kids' lives, their kids' lives. Again, just open your mind to more. And it also protects you from what's happening, the external forces. I mean, everybody's beating a dead horse, but inflation. Inflation Mm -hmm. has robbed the American consumer of so much money. And it's so funny because I think Cardi B the other day was complaining (laughs) about the price. You know, she was like, I'm not going to try to do the accent, but she was complaining. (laughs) I think she was complaining about the price of eggs or something or something. Yes, yes. Uh It was eggs or milk. I'm like, Cardi B who apparently has got like hundreds of millions of dollars was complaining. And, you know, like we see it, you know, like, you know, I I go to Costco, my wife goes to Costco, I go to the grocery. I mean, we see it, we see it every single day. And one of the things to realize is that just because you try something and it doesn't work, here's the best part. Okay. You still get to write everything off, even if you don't make money. So if you take a loss on it, if you take a loss that actually lowers the amount of taxes you have to pay and you'll get a bigger chunk back from the government because the go- what the government wants you to take risks they reward as much as i dislike the government there is a need for it but they reward business owners they reward people who put their money where their mouth is right and so if you one thing you can do as well which i haven't thought about doing this for my clients but i'm going to is tell them to reach out to a tax attorney yes and have the tax attorney tell them or a tax a cpa Tell them the tax advantages of simply, like for instance, my courses, you can completely write them off. Any costs that incurred with the business, you completely write it off. If you have to buy something to get onto Zoom, you can completely write it off. And all of a sudden you write that off against your income and then it just lowers the taxable amount that you can have. Or just Google it, you guys. If you don't already have a CPA, which you should, I have a CPA and a bookkeeper, life-changing. So I can spend my time doing income-producing activities while they manage my book. That's another discussion for another day. Just Google it and you will be blown away. But no one's telling you guys this because they want you drinking the corporate Kool-Aid and saying, yes, ma'am, thank you, ma'am, for my six-figure salary. Yep. Instead of, you know, like think about the rich people in the world, you guys. They're not paying taxes like you and I are paying taxes, okay? They've got it figured out. And it's exactly what Mike is saying. And another thing too is if you have something on the side, so like that the the gal that had the $150,000, if you had something on the side, what it's going to do, it's going to alleviate that pressure. Yes. And so look, 
I have, I have been a really bad salesperson at time when my, you know, like I've got to hit my goal and there's two days left in the quarter and I've, I've pressed and I've pushed and I've stressed. And I, I feel like I have a good ability to push people and go just close enough to where I don't push them over the edge, but it's stressful to me. It hurts me to the core. I don't like to do that. And the reason you why that, that commission breath, Mike, that I know, breath last I know you got commission <laughs> breath, but the reason why is because if that's your only source of income, it's yeah. life or death sometimes. Mm-hmm. And if you take that away, you relax. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not trying as hard. It's funny because Jennifer, I relate dating to sales. Okay. And so whenever I talk to my clients that are male, I said, you would never walk up to a girl at a bar and be like, hey, my name is Mike. I'm a sales rep. I've been doing it for 20 years and I've got a couple of businesses and blah, blah, blah. But yet we do that in the sales process. Right. <laughs> Instead, you'd walk up and you say, hi, I'm Mike. How are you? What's your name? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how you're supposed to open kind of a sales call. Right. <laughs> so we don't we do things so differently in our lives. But if I walked up, And like, if you were single and I was single and I just put on the full court press, you'd be like, this guy is desperate. Mm -hmm. Desperation. It happens when you're, you're pushed with your quota. It happens when you're like, I got to make this or my kids can't pay for daycare. Take that stress out so that when you're working your W2 job, your primary job, you're not worried about the money. You're just executing the plan because there's no stress. You know, I, when I played baseball, my coaches were always like, don't try to hit a home run every single time because you're going to, you're going to, you're going to squeeze too many of your muscles and your bat's going to be slow. Just relax, loosey goosey, yeah. try to hit a line drive up to up center field, try to try to hit the ball right back at the pitcher. And then all of a sudden, boom, home run, because I wasn't trying to hit a home run. I was trying to follow the process, be loose and make a good swing. It's the same thing in sales. And one way to do that, alleviate the pressure in the, in the pocketbook, in the wallet, by getting yourself a side income stream. Uh-huh. Uh, and I like the idea of you saying seven, I was trying to build five right now. I think I'm going to add two more before the, the, the end. The five will lead to seven. It's inevitable. Yeah, you'll it is. Have more time, more income, which in turn, you know, and the, and the thing that I find people have, and I see it all over LinkedIn. And if you guys want help on LinkedIn, just message me. That's where, I mean, LinkedIn is everything. Mm-hmm. It's like this, you said desperation. But it's almost um, it's it's becoming a sad place to network because there is so many people who are like, please don't scroll past this. Like, I need a job. Please don't scroll past this. And you guys, that's like, oh, my God, because I said earlier, it's unnecessary. So if you're listening to this right now, heed that advice so it doesn't happen to you. Meanwhile, we're trying to help the people in the trenches right now so it doesn't happen to them again. But, you know, you guys are in control. You're in control of your future. You're in control of how this all shakes out. Don't let your company tell you otherwise. So find something today. Talk to me or Mike or find, if you don't like either of us, talk to somebody. Just do it. (laughs) Here's the deal. I tell people, you know, reach out to me, Mike at Surviving Outside Sales. If you want to have a free strategy call, if you don't like what I have to say, it's not going to hurt my feelings. Okay. I've been through it. You can take my advice if you want. You can work with me if you want, you know, like. Jennifer's not going to be offended if you say no, like, Hey, you know, there's, there's a lot of people out there that could use our help. I'll just tell you this story real quick. When I was younger, my mom is a very smart woman. And because of the difference in times, she stayed at home while I was young. She had worked before I was born, stayed at home when I was young, and then went back to work whenever I went to like, whenever I could drive, whenever I was self-sustainable. And so, you know, she did real estate. She actually worked for the IRS and she told me a lot about the IRS. 
But I said, mom, how do people become wealthy in the United States? She said, multiple streams of income. And that's coming from a person working for the IRS. She said, people that are wealthy in this world have multiple streams of income. My next question is, well, how do you get multiple streams of income? And she said, that, my son, is what I don't know. You know, and this was back in the 80s. I'm in my 40s. Sure. So, sure. you know, late 80s, there what, yeah. what, what, how are you going to have multiple streams of income in the late 80s? 2023 has never presented a better opportunity yes. for multiple streams of income. And no matter what you like, you could be into fitness, you can be into real estate, you can be into wine, you can be into a lot of different things. You can be into wealth management. You can exactly, be exactly cultivate, cultivate a passion, cultivate a skill that you have outside of what you're currently doing. And I guarantee you, there's a six figure market for you to tap into. Uh-huh. I agree. I mean, there are a lot of things you can possibly do, but it really is about protecting yourself. And the reason why Jennifer wanted to hop on is because she wanted to share her experiences. So real, what are you, so what are your, what is your opportunity? How can people work sure. with you? Talk about that. I have a couple. So if you guys are on LinkedIn, find me Jennifer Schultz Jones. It's the same on Facebook and Instagram, launching a couple different businesses this week. I was sharing with Mike before, but the 1099s, if you drink wine anyway, if you drink coffee anyway, level up that, drink something better for you. You can message me, monetize every fifth. You can have an online wine shop or coffee shop open within an hour, ready for orders. And I just saved you a quarter million dollars right there by not opening up a brick and mortar wine shop and having employees and not opening up a coffee shop. Because if you've been to any Starbucks or anything lately, they're all understaffed. It's a disaster. You can't get anything done in those places. So do it online. Mike just mentioned it's 2023. Everything is done online. Brick and mortar is like dusty, dusty 1980s, like when your mom had to deal with. Everything is click and order now. I have another business in the health and wellness space. And then I have a side coaching leadership business. And I also do something really cool. If you guys are interested to follow me called Launch Code, where once a month, it's a live Zoom. I interview top earners in network marketing from every different company, not just my company. So no matter what you're into, I could plug you in with somebody who's doing the damn thing in whatever industry network marketing related, and they can tell you how to make it to the top. So lots of opportunities anywhere. Mike, you know all about this. Just reach out to either one of us. And we can get you going doing something that's going to produce income ASAP. I just realized, you know, I, I think I need to have my wife talk to you about the wine and coffee. I know. I didn't want to bring it up earlier. Oh, I know what. I, pre- I appreciate not being salesy, but I'm like, you know what? Here's the thing. If you present, sure opportun- show, Mike. <laughs> if you, if you present opportunities to people, they'll, cl- they'll put two and two together. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I, well, I will say this, you know, when I first met my wife, I love my wife, but I said, Hey, honey, you know, do you ever have any ideas of doing like a side business, a side hustle? She goes, no, <laughs> you know, you got to C- do a couple for her. I know. Well, she's a CPA by trade. I will tell you though, I have worn her down. We've been together for six years, married for f- almost five. And awesome. I've definitely worn her down. She was actually the one that wants to open these, these restores, the hyper wellness we do have brick and mortar. Oh my but, God, uh, I'm a member. Are you? I just did cryo and okay, I yeah. red light yesterday. Awesome. Is that yeah. your thing? That is, yeah. My you wife guys find his restore and become yeah. a member. Life change. Oh my God, Mike, you never mentioned it. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Oh, well, I was, you know, the audience might not find this interesting, but I'm still recording. <laughs> I am. I was a member and uh, my wife and I, we were looking to open the business. And so 
I, I, I tried a couple because I wanted to have, again, another stream of income. And so yeah. I wanted to have something I was really passionate about, again, the right. optimization. And so my wife was sitting there and we're sitting in the restore. We're doing the compression on the legs. She go, and we're just, that. Noticing that we're just noticing there's just people walking in and out, in and out. And my wife was like, why don't we open one of these? And I was like, oh my gosh. So we started that journey December of 2021. And we signed the paperwork February of last year. And we've had some difficulty finding, so our store is not open yet. We've had some difficulty finding commercial real estate, which again, I now have added a skill set, which I knew nothing about commercial real estate. I knew nothing about contracts and what it is to open a franchise. But now if you're listening right now and you want to open a franchise, I know exactly what to do, what you're going to need from the bank, the lawyers, the CPAs. That's valuable information. Exactly. And so- I got to get you selling that in a- I know. a workbook or something. Well, I, here's the thing though. I will Other do stream of income, there's number no, six. I'm going to do that once we actually open our doors because until it's all theoretical. So no, I absolutely love it. So the first location is probably going to be in Rock Hill, South Carolina. So Rock Hill is just south of Charlotte. Charlotte's on the North and South Carolina border. And then I have rights to lower Southeast or Southwest Charlotte, but there's no real estate. I mean, it is just bare dry real estate for us to find with our development. But I love the fact that you've been there because I mean, oh. I go there, I go there every day. So I have the max so, membership. Uh, I go there every day. Tons of professional athletes go to mine. Maybe it's just geography based, but I will tell you if any of you guys are single and looking to meet somebody who cares about their body, <laughs> I'm serious. Go to a store hyper because it's swimming with, again, people that are just trying to do the best for themselves, mm-hmm. physically, mentally, you know, and every time I go in and all those recliners, I do the leg things too. While I get my IV, I'm yes. like, I think these people are just in here to like date each other because, <laughs> you know, anyway, side yeah. note, go in there and get healthy and find yeah. a well, again, restore restore hyper wellness is optimizing people's health. So it didn't. It, it, I didn't want this to turn into a restore. Yes, healthcare, I love it. I know, you know, but it's just again, it it what just happened. I, I want you. I want you for listening right now. Keep listening for a few minutes because what just happened was you had two basically internet friends mm-hmm. that that decided to hop on a podcast yeah. and had a deeper connection than we even realized right. through the aggressiveness of me and my wife to try to form a business. Cause you were like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you own one of those. Like now I want to own one. So I know we will talk offline. <laughs> I'll tell you all about it. And you know, it, it's because like I said, there's plenty. I looked at, I started looking actually at franchises four years ago mm-hmm. and there's a couple that I almost pulled the trigger on, but I decided not to because it didn't align with what I wanted to do. They were in the food space yeah. and I was just kind of like, I'm not passionate about food. I like to right. eat, but I'm not like, I don't want to wake up every day and just live and eat and breathe, you know, food. So I decided to back off of those. And luckily enough for me, it was right before the pandemic. So I think that was very fortuitous, but no, wrapping all of this up. Yes. Find Jennifer on LinkedIn. Yep. I'll have I'll have in the show notes all of her connection spots. Yes. Reach out to her mm-hmm. if you feel more comfortable working or talking to her. Yeah. If you want to talk to me, you can. Yeah. You've got two great options. Sure. To, to talk to people who have lived it, breathed it, mm-hmm. done it. We've been there. We know mm-hmm. what's happened. We know where the industry's headed. 
reach out to me, Mike at Surviving Outside Sales. I'll have all of Jennifer's information. I'm going to let you get the last word. This has been such a pleasure. I feel like we could be talking for hours more. About I know. It. And now I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I don't have a franchise. And I think we met for, I think the universe made you reach out I, for a reason because yep. I believe in breadcrumbs. So okay. this is like a breadcrumb for me that like, hey, I've been thinking about it, but Mike, what have we been talking about for an hour? I didn't know how to do it, but you know how to do it. Yep. You know, this is what it's about. So my, my closing thought is this, you guys, don't listen to this and not take action. Mm-hmm. Don't be a statistic. Don't let me see you on LinkedIn LinkedIn a year from now begging for a job. And I'm not making fun of those people. I am really emotionally invested in helping them. But again, it's unnecessary. Take action today. Write down some steps. Commit to yourself. Make a change in your life that will impact generations. Absolutely. I could not say it any better. Thank you for joining me, Jennifer. Thank you. Please download the episodes, share them with other people. Jennifer, I always tell the audience, don't let this hit your ears and not share it with somebody else. Either talk to them, talk to somebody else about what you're doing to bring in another stream of income, what you're doing to better your situation in the future and insulate yourself from if there is any corporate restructuring that you might lose your primary role. Please, 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 please don't just go about your day playing Candy Crush and Wordle on your phone. Delete all that. And in between breaks, do something that's going to better your future. And when you're driving in the car, listen to podcasts. Go through, listen to every single one of Mike's podcasts. Or if you don't like Mike, go find somebody. (laughs) I started listening to podcasts with my daughters in the car because no music is appropriate anymore. It's just not sad. So we listen to podcasts on the way to school, home from school, on the way to sports. You guys, their minds are being filled with so much valuable information just because I listen to business podcasts in the car. So that's one little change that you can make that's going to impact your family forever. So listen to all mics, then maybe I'll get one going because Mike's going to help. I'll tell you what. I go. tell people it's actually very easy to start a podcast. <laughs> it really is. It's it's not as daunting as you think, but that'll be another topic for another I day. know, Mike, we could talk for days. We need to plan a retreat, invite all of our friends, and exactly. just do the damn exactly. thing. <laughs> well, you know, it's actually interesting because I was going to start doing sales conferences here in the Carolinas. So we might have to talk about, you know, yep. I love St. Louis. I spent time in O'Fallon. So that's um, where I live. Oh, that's you're in O'Fallon? Oh my gosh. It's we're going to have so much to fight from you. Like I said, we talked, yeah, we're going to have, we're going to have so much to talk about. All, all right. We're, we're, we're friends forever. You guys find someone like Mike in your life. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. And thank okay. you for listening. We'll catch you next time on surviving outside sales. Bye-bye. Uh, thanks guys.